For the past year, Brennan and I have been recording a podcast answering questions about role-playing games. We've brought in experts like game designers, players, a sociologist, and even a medical doctor. We did this because, well, we've been gaming for a long time. And recently, we've started to see a lot of questions about running, playing, and designing role-playing games. Brennan and I have been friends for a while, but we've also made games together, and we thought we could answer some of these questions. Have you ever wanted a mentor, a guide, someone who could you could just call up and ask a question? Role-playing games are having a moment. Actual play shows, best-selling books, conventions, online games, there's an explosion of interest from popular culture. And there are great books and guides, but sometimes you need a mentor, a person to answer your very specific questions. Because role-playing is a craft. It's something that you learn with other people. Role-playing needs a dad, or maybe two dads. And that's where we come in. I'm your dad, Brennan Taylor. And I'm your dad, J.R. Blackwell. And this is D&D Dads, an advice show where two dads answer your questions about role-playing games. So, I'm a woman, but we're calling ourselves D&D Dads. That might require some explanation. I think being a dad is more than just being a man with a child. A dad is a guide, a caregiver, a coach, and a teacher. A dad is a shoulder you can cry on and a source of practical solutions. We see being a dad as a state that anybody can embody regardless of gender or parental status. You're a dad when you care for others with kindness, empathy, honesty, and humor. So I'm a dad, and so are you. And maybe some of our listeners are too. And when our experts come on, we like to call them guest dads. That's right, whether or not they have kids. <laughs> <laughs> but both of us are actually parents. Yeah, I am a father of two adult children in their 20s. And I'm a, I'm a mom to a toddler. Or a dad to a toddler. Often a dad to a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you're just starting your journey as a dad, but I have, I have been on been, this trail for a while. <laughs> you've been dadding for a long time. Yeah, my dadding is fairly new. So... Um, Right now, my child is three, and so I've only really been dadding around for uh, three years now. Um, and it's been great. It's What an adventure. It's so much fun. I, I love it, and I love being a parent. Um, and it's also exhausting, and you learn a lot about yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like I've definitely learned a lot having kids go through the whole process up to being an adult. Um, they still live at home, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm definitely still dadding it up. Dadding full time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I will say they're a little easier to deal with than a three-year-old. Yeah. Um, I, I always say that, like, toddlerhood is the boot camp of parenting. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it's very hands-on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's great. So we, we come at, I think we kind of come at things from this parental perspective. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, but we're also both gamers. Yeah, long-time gamers. Like, I've been gaming since I was a kid. I started running games in high school. Yeah, me too. Uh, not high school, but actually fifth grade. So <laughs> uh, definitely when I was a kid. Yes, yes. Uh, my friends uh, didn't want to be a GM, so I ended up being the GM for our group. Uh, and so I had to learn early on how to do that. A GM is kind of a dad. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of the dad role of the gaming. It game. is. It sure is. <laughs> and and I met you when I started going to role playing conventions, and I came up with an idea for my own game, and that's how we got connected and became friends. Yeah, and uh, I'm a game publisher, mm-hmm. and I published uh, JR's game. My first game. Yeah. Shelter in place. Yeah. A game of zombie horror. It's a it's a great uh, sort of casual uh, yeah. live action zombie horror game. I I designed it because I wanted it to be an entry point into gaming for people. Yeah, it's it's a great party game. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, and you've been you, but you were designing um, and publishing games far before that. Yeah, I started in the mid '90s. I think you're best known for Bulldogs. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that Bulldogs is definitely my best known game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also have a couple that people might know me from uh, Mortal Coil, mm-hmm. which I published back in the early 2000s, which is an urban fantasy game, and uh, How We Came to Live Here, which I published about 10 years ago, and have now actually drawn off the market. It's it was a Native American themed game, and I felt like it was a little culturally insensitive, so I pulled it back. That's one thing I really like about you is how you're able to learn from experience and change direction. Um, and you're not just you're not just stuck on one path uh, without changing. And I, I I think that from my point of view, I think that's that's wisdom right there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll take it. <laughs> so that's us as gamers and as parents. Um, what is your uh, Big dad energy this week. Oh, wow. Well, my big dad energy this week is that I left my wife and child to come visit you and go work on my hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is uh, not great dad energy, but it is big dad energy. It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) But that is something that my wife and I try to do for each other is give each other um, days off. So sometimes she'll take a day or a weekend off where I'll watch our kid and then sometimes I'll do that. And the idea is that we stay in touch with who we are as people, not just as parents. Um, and I think it's really good for our mental health. Yeah, I agree. That's it's, it's, you need a little bit of time off from anything that you're doing. Yes, that is true. uh, Otherwise you can get burned out. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your big dad energy this week? So, I actually just started listening to a new podcast on the uh, con- insistent advice of one of my kids. Uh, they were uh, bugging me about it for a couple of weeks before I picked it up. Nice. What's but the- it was worth it. What's it's, the podcast? It's called uh, The Magnus Archives. Ooh. It is a horror podcast done in like short story segments. Oh, nice. So is it an overarching story told week by week? Um, it's, it's more like vignettes, um, but there is like an overarching story that builds up in future, uh, seasons from what I understand. Oh, wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And it is good. I I do recommend it. And I have to say a lot of my music and my podcast stuff comes from, uh, 
for my kids. They also keep me up to date on memes. <laughs> They're keeping you hip. That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to D&D Dads, uh, the sponsored segment of the show where we bring on one of the kind sponsors who's supporting D&D Dads. And um, this time they're going to run a game for us. So uh, our sp- the sponsor for this episode is the Five Wits, makers of fine wigs and other things. Uh, and our uh, fine sponsor representing the Five Wits is Ruth. Welcome, Ruth. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> so the game that we're going to play uh, today is Guess That Wig Color. And since the Five Wits sells wigs, they sell wigs with awesome names. And um, Ruth is going to read a wig name, and then Brennan is going to guess, and I'm going to guess, and Ruth is going to tell us what the actual color is. So let's get started. I'm What's looking the... forward to this. <laughs> What's the first wig? All right. The first wig we have tonight is... Disaster Lesbian Cobalt Soul. Ooh. Disaster Lesbian Cobalt Soul. So Cobalt makes me think that it is blue. Yeah, I, I'm guessing blue. I am going to guess black. Okay. What's the answer? It is a two-tone brown <laughs> undercut. What? What? <laughs> chestnut curls on top and a lighter brown indicating the undercut underneath okay okay zero to zero zero to zero (laughs) give us that next wig okay next one demon sleepy bee disease demon sleepy bee disease okay Demon. I'm going to go with orange on this one. Ooh, beadsies. I, I want to go with like a, a bright yellow. Okay. Brennan is half right. It is orange and black. <gasps> nice. Oh, I think that's like a half a point. All right, this one, I, I will let you know, is just one color. This one hopefully will be easy, but we'll see. Okay. We'll find out. Okay. So this one, it's we're deviating from our norm. Usually there's four words that make up a wig name. But with this one, all we needed was, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's there's going four on? Words. Never mind. Uh, I can't count. My business partner's looking at me like, what? <laughs> That is four words, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, what's going on? It's, it's been a wow. long time. Um, this yeah. one I, is not giving me a lot of clues here. Uh, I'm going to guess that it is black. I'm going to go for pink. All right. It is very blonde and very he-man. Oh, he's very He-Man. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the reference. That was terrible. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. This is our okay, last chance going. to redeem ourselves. All right. 
This one is moon, 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 moon. Moon, 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 moon. No. I'm going to go with black and silver. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go uh, with white. All right, you're both very close. It's a beautiful moonlight silver, slightly lavender-tinged silver wig. Moon, 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 moon. <laughs> moon, 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 moon. <laughs> it's a beautiful tinged lavender it's, wig. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's got ponytails. Nice. <laughs> Any werewolf would be so happy <laughs> with this wig. Nice. And if you want to buy Moon, 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 Moon or any of the other fine wigs from The Five Wits, visit thefivewitswigs.com. So every week we're going to answer a question. Um, and this week's question is, I listen to podcasts with great GMs, but I'm worried I'm not good enough to be a GM. Yeah, and uh, that is something that I hear a lot these days um, with the big popular podcasts like uh, Critical Role and Adventure Zone. People are comparing themselves to GMs who have a lot of experience. Um, That's a lot of times people's first exposure to the hobby. Yes. And those folks make it look real easy. (laughs) (laughs) And and they make it look like you need to have a certain level of like uh, polish and professionalism and experience to get started. And I can see how that'd be intimidating for folks. I mean, like, because these guys are like professional voice actors, professional. uh, I mean, the McElroys may not have been uh, professional uh, voice actors, but they were podcasters before they started. Absolutely. Entertainers with experience working in front of audiences of hundreds of people. Yeah. And you learn stuff that way, for sure. Absolutely. Um, So... I think it's 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 hard to compare yourself to people who might be at the top of their game. Right. Right. And and it seems like they have all these skills that might be intimidating for you to learn. Mhm. So I guess that really makes me think what do you need to get started and um how how can people just leap in? Right. Well, obviously you got to have a group of people who are interested in playing and mm-hmm. then you know, like me Somebody has to step up and be the DM. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's lots of resources that these that different companies have been publishing mm-hmm. uh, for starting uh, players. Uh, most games will have some kind of adventure or something that you can get started with. Right. Uh, just just without having to do a lot of prep. Right. And it's nice to use those adventures because these are things that are tested by game designers who know what they're doing so um so you don't have to feel like you have to build everything from scratch sure. it's like it's like making a cake and you get like a pre-made cake mix you know exactly. just getting started right. baking <laughs> why not use the pre-made bake cake mix that's fine like <laughs> i would say like make things easy on yourself if there's a way that you can make it simpler um make it simple for yourself uh, don't feel like you have to do you know everything, all the bells and whistles right off the bat. Um, You don't necessarily have to make a soundtrack for your game right away or, you know, build a miniature landscape or bring a lot of miniatures to the table. Right. Or you may not be good at character voices or something, and that's okay, too. Right. Right. 
It's, you don't have to be good at all those things to get started. And that's something that you'll learn from experience just from doing it. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I do appreciate is, you know, I, I run D&D. &D, mm -hmm. And as a DM, there is a certain amount of math involved to make sure that you design encounters that aren't going to kill everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and th that math has already been done for you in the in the. Uh, the intro adventures. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So, right. you know, they, they've, they've designed those encounters already. You, you know that you're not going to be putting something up against the players. That's going to be too dangerous for them. I think that that's really great. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's, it's also giving yourself permission to just be okay or even bad when you get started. That's, that's super important. I feel like don't feel bad about being bad to start. Uh, that's one of my favorite quotes from Adventure Time is Jake the dog says, sucking at something is the first step to getting kind of good at it. <laughs> and so. Jake is a very classic sort of dad figure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's very true. I think, you know, just letting yourself not uh, be bad or just be okay or not great. Um as the pathway to get getting good is is the right, right thing to do. You only get good, especially in role playing games, which are very much about um, the experience, designing an experience at the table. It's very much a situation where you have to do it um, to get good. Yeah, prep, reading about it, you know, listening and studying. Um, it's only going to get you so far. Right, right. You actually have to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and if you're starting a new group and you have a lot of players who are brand new, keep in mind, they're going to be making mistakes, too. True. Because they don't know as much about this as you do either. Yeah. So just being kind and being forgiving with each mm -hmm. other for mistakes and working through those mistakes as you're starting out is a great way to make sure that your your game actually continues. Um I think you know. new game masters might also want to consider starting small. Like um, maybe you just try a one shot of a game. Just try working on something for one night. Don't feel like you have to design a campaign that's going to take you know, three years for your players to complete. Absolutely. And, you know, like all that world building and the cool stuff that people put together, uh, you, you don't necessarily need to dive right into that mm -hmm. from the get go, you know, unlike... Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, you don't need to create three languages before you start building the world. So <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I mean, you could. Whatever floats your boat. You don't have if, to. If that's your thing, yeah. <laughs> your Go thing. ahead and do it. That inspires you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, the world building can seem intimidating also. Right. Um, and that's one of the other exam examples of why uh, some of that pre-generated stuff is is easier because you don't have to do a lot of uh, deep building into the world. That's right. And you can just use the, uh, the characters and the world that's already preset. And you can rely on your players, too, to feed you ideas about what this world looks like. Um, you can dive into their backstories and see what they've suggested to you they might be interested in playing. Right. I think a player backstory is like a real big sort of signal to the GM about what the players are interested in. Right. If they've 
if they bother to write something down, that's definitely something they want to see in the game. And those are hooks that you as a GM, you can just build off of those. You can take those and integrate them in. Uh, if the characters want revenge on someone, then make sure that villain shows up in your game. I know I always feel super flattered whenever a GM picks out something from my backstory and puts it into play. I always feel like, oh, I'm special. <laughs> Ooh, you, you know, GM noticed me. <laughs> right. Right. And you you should be focusing your play on your players, right? The oh, yeah. the uh, the idea is that, you know, they're the protagonists of the story. They're the they're the important people. Uh, those NPCs should be revolving around them. Uh, so the things that they are doing and the things that they have they have put into their backstories are the things that the game should be about. That's right. I think if you center your players in your game, um, there is only so bad you can get. <laughs> right. Everybody's going to feel like, uh, like you were saying, everybody's going to feel special. Right. So, right. Yeah. And it's going to make the experience better for them. So do you want to elaborate a little bit on uh, gaming as an art? I know you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, so I see gaming as as an art form or uh, a craft. I I once um, when I was taking martial arts back in the day, um, one of the martial arts masters where I was told me um, the reason why they call it a martial art is because you never stop learning and you never stop getting better. And that's how I see gaming too. I th- I think role role playing and gaming. Um, particularly GMing, but also playing, it's an art form. And it's something that you only, um, and that you can always learn. You can always get better. And there are always techniques and new ideas and old ideas you can incorporate uh, to make yourself better. Yeah. And I think, you know, practicing is yes. is key, right? Mm-hmm. The, the thing about martial arts is, you know, you do the same things over and over again, you get better at them. That's true. And that's the same with gaming. Once you uh, once you start digging into it, uh, if once you once you get it onto the table, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the prep in the world isn't going to help you until you actually do some of this uh, with other people, and uh, and then you know incorporate what you learn. And so much of it is about style too. Like you know, art is a lot about what's your style, and uh, role playing is too. So. You'll find tips and ideas out there that might be really great for somebody else or a different game, but don't work for you. And that's a part of the process, too. And you have to do that to find that out. Sure. And you may find out some tips and tricks that other people are using that do work great for that's you. That's true. And always steal from other people <laughs> is, my, is my advice for artists in general. <laughs> always, always take a look at what you like and then work to incorporate that into what you're doing. Yes. Yes, yes. Because that's what's going to, I think, give you the fulfillment and the the excitement to keep going. And the, the whole enjoyment of the process. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to D&D Dads, a role-playing game advice show for everyone at the table, the parlor, or the dungeon. I've been your dad, Brennan Taylor. And I've been your dad, J.R. Blackwell. Send your questions to askyourdads at gmail.com for advice about playing, running, or writing a role-playing game. Because if we don't know the answer... We know someone who does. You don't have to start a podcast, but we did. Hush now, darling, dry your eye. It's not forever goodbye. 
There's no reason to be sad. Come join us next time here on D and D Dads. D and D Dads is hosted by Brennan Taylor and J.R. Blackwell and produced by Seamus Ronan. Our original theme music was written and performed by Kate Nix. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at D and D Dads. Rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash askyourdads. Send us your questions at askyourdads at gmail.com.